I'm Lucy Barkas, and this is the Leader X Podcast. You know, I'm not afraid to admit that I've been lonely these last few weeks. During lockdown, everyone had a different yet shared experience. So we connected more to share our experiences, help us to pr- uh, process the madness that we found ourselves living in. We were all in shock and through the shared experiences of connecting over social media, video calls or the virtual pub quizzes, whatever it was, um, you know, we, we found a way to just process and, and understand how we're feeling, what's going on for us. Now, I even managed to continue running our scouts meetings via Zoom and I didn't know how it was going, but people kept showing up every week and the parents were telling me that the scouts were getting so much just by seeing their their friends faces seeing my face as something consistent in this time of chaos you know and soon everyone became an expert in running virtual meetings and soon the phrase zoom fatigue entered our language and yeah I really know what that felt like but we got through it we got through it together But then September came and my kids went back into education and all of a sudden the house felt very empty. Now, I'm not going to lie, I couldn't wait for them to go back, um, you know, to try and get some order and some some kind of um, normality into my life again. But where I'd craved for the peace and quiet during lockdown, now I was really craving that human connection, that interaction during those, you know, core working hours. And I missed having a team around me to bounce ideas off, just to have those impromptu chats, seeing clients in person or or those, yeah, just spontaneous conversations and discussions, which would wake me up and inspire me. Now, don't get me wrong. I really am quite skilled at working from home. I've been doing it for many years now. But peppered amongst those home working days were client visits or workshops, uh, trips and general busyness. Now the reality had set in that this sole working was how I was going to be doing things for quite some time. So as the weather cooled and autumn came and the dark nights set in, the claustrophobia magnified the feeling of seclusion even more. So I made a decision. One day per week, I would go somewhere else to work. It might be a coffee shop or a co-working space. It might even be a friend's dining table. Anywhere just to change my environment the energy and the people around me would spark new ideas and help me see things in a different perspective. And the other thing I made a promise to myself is I would walk to those places. So just that routine of getting out in the fresh air and moving my body really helped. My mood, my creativity and productivity all increased. I need people around me, not all of the time, but some of the time. I'm a social creature, but we all are. So talking to Hamish Gill of F8 Create about his drive and inspiration to set up his own co-working space in the city made me feel more normal. He had experienced exactly the same thing that I was going through now, but some six, seven years ago. And so he looked for a solution, but there wasn't one. So he and a group of like-minded small business owners embarked on a journey to create the kiln. And, you know, it's a really cool co-working space. And it was initially just for creatives. Um, so that they could come together and be more creative. But now it's a space for any home worker who wants to be with other people. 
we chatted a lot about the concept and the journey that he'd gone on with his, uh, his buddies. We chatted a lot about the concept of the journey, but now I want to reflect on the reality and the experience of the users of the kiln. So you might find ways to introduce some more co-working into your organisation. We chatted about the impact of COVID on the kiln because they opened in August uh, 2019, you know, six months before the madness really set in. As in a lot of ways, coronavirus has brought forward things that were already happening. So the, the kind of decline of the high street is, is the one that most people talk about. But also I think it's advanced this move towards sort of different working hours and different working structures. And, you know, what people were calling the sort of gig economy before, people are starting to realise that that mentality of getting jobs where you work when you want to work is quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite nice that? to be able to work when you want to work rather than having to work well, nine I, um, to five because nine to five is... It just, doesn't work for anybody, does it, to be fair? In the Lee Drake's book, I, I, I called it a martini moment of working anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Um, and I know, just like what you know, that there is a whole raft of people who had almost broken free of the conventional nine to five, who wanted to work in a different way. Now, some of them were, you know, people like me who used to work for the corporates, but who had a very flexible, agile minded corporate behind them who allowed mm. us to work from home. And we had our core business hours, but you know, they trusted us to work wherever we wanted as long as we got the equipment and they provided us with the equipment. But then of course there was this whole other raft of, freelancers, contractors, um, small businesses, uh, and the, you know, the, the, just the flexible people having a bit of a you know, side hustle. And so I think you and I and, and other people like us knew that this was, this was the way forward. And you only had to go to other cities and see these working <laughs> spaces. And you know, huge organizations like WeWork have just expanded and they're still investing because they see that actually this flexible office space is the way forward. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and you can catch my reviews of each interview and you can catch up on the brilliant interviews with Emma and Harriet where we explore ultra collaboration and why leaders need to treat their people as adults and more on the workplace as we explore the future with Justin Hyde. And coming up in the next episode, I chat with Kelly Swinger about why trust is a deal breaker in successful organisations. So the trends towards these martini moments was already picking up pace, especially in organisations where leader X was challenging the status quo. The younger Gen Xers and the older millennials are now in positions of influence. You know, they're, they're 40 to 50 years old. They're, they're sitting at the, the top tables or, you know, heading up functions and departments. They are already in, uh, introducing more flexibility and freedom and agility in the way that we work. All COVID did was really accelerate that thinking, you know, so it challenged people through necessity to think about, what is work? How do we do it? And how do we stay productive? 
And this has changed the world and the thinking forever. No longer can leaders justify 100% on-site working as the norm. There is simply no real business case for pulling everyone into that space day after day. But what everyone also noticed is this need and desire for social interaction. It's critical for all of us to perform at our best. We need to share our problems. We need to collaborate around ideas and solutions and to help and support and guide, teach each other. So one answer is to create a team or project time in the office. Perhaps it'll be one day a week or a month where everyone gets together and just hangs out in a more informal environment, yet still with the outcomes and the purpose in mind. So you might need to start redesigning what those spaces look like. Um, so rather than just having um, the, the social distancing rules in place, you might want to start thinking about how can I create areas where people can come together um, safely, but so that they can connect and they can share. So you might, might want to think about the desk layout, the, the colours, um, the way in which people sit, you know, more informally. So you can actually have real conversations. But this is just one part of it. It is to be used in conjunction with all of the other online collaborative tools, you know, the, the video meetings, the collaborative whiteboards um, and, you know, the, the to do lists. On-site working is just part of the mix. It's not the go-to way of working in the future. So that means leaders need to stop recreating the office-style working in the home. You know, the core hours, um, being sat at your desk, having all these endless meetings done in a very office-based style. And they need to start adopting new ways of collaborating, problem-solving, and just getting stuff done. It's a complete redesign and rethink that is needed. And here's one thing that should give you some confidence, I guess. You don't have to do it alone. Like in my chat with Emma and Harriet at HSM, the best ways to find the answers is to ask your people. Don't assume everyone's enjoying the format that you've implemented. It might work for you, but it might be really counterproductive for others. So ask your people, how can I help you work better, work smarter, and still feel engaged and you know, have a sense of belonging? And perhaps the co-working spaces are part of the solution, as Hamish found. When they get off the Zoom call, they want to be able to unwind by just chatting to somebody, going for a, grabbing a coffee from, from the coffee machine and, you know, just having a five-minute minute conversation in the, you know, in, the, in the server room, as we call it, where the coffee machine is. We've got it. There's a good example of somebody who's just started working with us. She's previously was up and down from London all the time. She's still got the same job. She's not travelling as much because of what's happened. Um, she's been, been with us two weeks. In the two weeks up to the government saying we need to stop working from home again. Um, and she got all in the fluster and she said, I don't, I don't want to work from home. I want to carry on using the kiln. Because even though she comes in and spends all of life in front of a computer, quite a lot of it on Zoom calls, she said that she's, for her mental health has dramatically improved she's getting out of the house she's got the distractions she's meeting people she's not met before in a work environment where people are work minded so they're not just spending all time waffling in you know like they're in a pub or whatever they're, they are there to work so when we're there we're not you know we're not dusting around there's not there's not a mood of dusting around everybody is there to work and if you have that atmosphere of a work environment 
and it's at the same time as that is relaxed and because everybody's doing something different and it's just good for people I think it's good for people to be around people perhaps giving your people a budget to work from a coffee shop or book a desk at a co-working space or meet others in the same area might be really beneficial of course you might need to renew your GDPR policy to make sure that they're not leaving their laptops open uh, with sensitive data or disposing of reports in a secure way or perhaps you need to remind people about what kind of conversation should be done in private and which could be done in an open environment. But do you know what? People are generally more reasonable and savvy than you give them credit for. So once you've engaged your people and asked them, how are we going to work in the future? And then you come up with the policies and processes around it. Um, all you need to do then is just liberate your people to work in the way that delivers the best results. You know, don't dictate, don't enforce, simply just liberate your people it will have such an impact on trust treating people like adults collaboration the creativity and the mental well-being there really are only upsides of course it's going to take a different kind of leadership you know everything that you have been taught to or developed for your on-site management will need to be adjusted or adapted so you're going to need to develop yourself. But if you invest in your own development, you're really future-proofing your skills for yourself and the organisation. And you can find out more about self-development in the Myself section of the Leader X book. Or, of course, you can get in touch with me and we can have a conversation um, to find out you know, what the best course for you is. I've been working with you know, leaders on a one-to-one -one basis although more recently via some kind of video call. But I've also been running workshops and programs for whole leadership teams that go on the journey together. And having those open conversations are really transformative. So you don't have to do it alone. You can get a coach, you can get a trainer, you can lean into your workmates and your buddies, um, talk to your people in the organisation because all of the answers are there. So that's it for today. Make sure you're subscribed and look out for new episodes as they appear in your feed. And don't forget, there's more on the guests in the show notes.